Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Samwise Yaboinski podcast. We're so excited. Wonderful, wonderful, special guest today. But as always, uh, Samuel is here as well. How are you, Samuel? I'm fantastic. I'm really happy these days. How are things in Criswell? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm extra excited right now because I've discovered uh, football, soccer. Yeah. Who knew? It's a beautiful sport to watch and the World Cup is still unfolding and is super fascinating. And I got to say, I was a little silly American up until maybe a week or two ago. And, you know, wasn't I had never really sat down and given given Mm. soccer a full shake. And it's a really relaxing game until it's not. Like you're watching it. It's almost like the ocean going back and forth. And then all of a sudden uh, it gets all exciting and then something, you know, wonderful might happen or not. And then it goes mm. back to this like ocean back and forth. And I don't know. I've been really into it. And uh, my Benjamin, my 15 year old and I have been watching a bunch. And that's a long way of saying it's even more appropriate because of our wonderful guest who is up to her nose in football. I believe because of her, <laughs> they're very active in the town soccer, uh, but more so has been the driving force behind our comprehensive sexuality education program and our RE, the backbone of uh, our family ministry and RE program. It's Wendy Conroy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome so glad Wendy. you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. And I just want to say uh, I was a soccer player from the age of eight until well wow. into my 40s. Played oh, wow. in women, uh, co-ed league and women's leagues all around Boston and et cetera. So would still play if I wasn't too injured from I playing for that. so many years. Yeah. Yeah. So a huge, huge soccer fan. Wow. And yeah. your husband oh, too, right? Doing... Charlie, well, Charlie grew up in Ireland, right? So he, mm, right. he grew up playing soccer and rugby just like as a mm-hmm. kind of everyday thing. Yeah. yeah, he, so Charlie and I started on the soccer board for Beaumont Second Soccer when our kids were little. And wow. then I kind of did a three year term and moved on to other stuff. And he stayed on the soccer board for a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So and we you are a soccer family. Watching it too now? I quite enjoy watching it. It's pretty much the only sport I will, I'll watch rugby too. But, um, yeah, like I, I, it's one of my favorite sports. I am a fan of all the women's soccer as well. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that for if you're a soccer fan in America, you were getting a far more joy from the women's team for a long time than from the men. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So went to the World Cup in 99 when it was here and um, hope oh, to go you- to another one to the Women's World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Hope to go to another women's. In the, oh, actually went up to Montreal and went to it there as well when it was uh, oh. up in Canada. So, mm. so um, fascinating. Yeah. Well, it's been a it's been a fun addition to the holiday season this year. To it be was sure. way better on Thanksgiving than football, American football. I'll tell you that. I know. I actually there was a point where there was football, and I've been a football fan, American football fan, for a long time too. And there was a point where a World Cup game was on and football was on, and I was watching the 
World mm. Cup games. I was oh, yeah. like, it was wild. I was like, who am I? What is this? We, <laughs> we had the fight between the dog show and the World Cup. So we had to flip oh. between the dog show and the, because that's about the only thing that's going to beat up soccer in our house is animals. So, yeah. so we had to flip between the two. <laughs> that was that was our household fight. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tell me about how you all found First Church. How did it begin? How did you we, land with us many years ago? So I had heard about the OWL program before I was even at First Church. I wow. had a friend from grad school who had been brought up UU. So I... I went to undergrad in California at UC San Diego and worked in their sexual health and um, sexual assault prevention programs as a student, then worked at Planned Parenthood afterwards when I graduated for a few years before going to grad school to get a public health degree from Michigan, go blue. And um, at Michigan, met a friend who was UU and we were talking about my Planned Parenthood work and she mentioned this program she had grown up with called, at that time it was called About Your Sexuality, AYS. Oh yeah. Um, I, but they changed it to owl at some point. And, uh, and then when we moved here, I met someone who went to the church. They, they moved to California. They no longer go. And she was German and she loved the sexuality education program as a German person thinking that, um, you know, American sex ed was lacking, which she is correct about. So uh, I think she's the one that mentioned it to me from a local perspective. And when we joined the church, I looked into teaching it. We joined the church in 08, 2008, and then I started teaching in 2009. And then we expanded the program in 2012 to include the fifth and or sixth grade students. Uh, I think it was 2011 or 2012, I think. Um, Yeah. So I have been the OWL coordinator. For, oh gosh, for a number of years, at least 10 years, but teaching mm-hmm. since 09. So it was the OWL program that brought you guys into the church in the yeah. first Yeah, I always say sex ed got me in the church. Yeah. And when yeah. did you start being the religious education sort of assistant too? Oh gosh, I want to say uh, probably around 2011, 2012. And it was supposed to be temporary. <laughs> so they hired somebody and I didn't work Sunday mornings because I was still playing soccer. And I was like, no, I'll just do admin, like organizing stuff for you during the week, but I can't come in Sundays because I got my soccer game. Yeah. And that lasted for a long time uh, as well. <laughs> my knees gave out. Um, uh, yeah. So I want to say then, and I laughed because I did, it was five hours and it was, it was temporary until they found mm-hmm. somebody else and they never found anybody else. So. Yeah. And uh, that so I was, have the unique perspective of being a member and a staff person. And w- was that three or four religious educators ago? Oh, so it was Laurel. It was Laurel. And then, yeah, Laurel and Charlotte, now Nate. So, but when I joined the church, it was Diane. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we, so Diane was also a religious educator. My first religious educator that I worked for as a volunteer at the Arlington yeah. Street Church. <laughs> where I was already in seminary doing comparative religion. And she gave me a room full of seventh and eighth graders and told me to teach them the Bible. Ooh. 
no <laughs> curriculum, no yeah. but of course this is what I was studying. And so it was more of a vote of confidence in the fact that I could figure out something compelling for seventh and eighth graders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was one moment where I had a huge mural out and I was reading them the book of revelations and they were drawing seven headed dragons and uh, you know, uh. it, was, it was wild. It was really fun. Um, well, so before we go back into the sexuality education, just a tiny little moment. I am so grateful. I, I think I've worked with different configurations of religious educators before, but there's something really special about the team of you and Nate right now. I mean, partially because it seems like you could be cousins, right? Or siblings. Yeah. You know? We call them my <laughs> girls. My girls call him Uncle Nate. Because <laughs> right. yeah, he has the red hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I very, very that. sweet. But, but also, I think more deeply, there's a real beautiful balance between, obviously, um, between the kind of creativity and the and the sort of wisdom that he brings, and then all of the kind of clarity, organization, and sort of uh, the kind of the connection to families. I think that you bring in a really in a really beautiful way. So, so maybe just say a little bit about what it is like so far this collaboration with Nate. Uh, I think you described it well. Like, I think we complement each other well. Um, and that's not to say that he's not organized in his own way and I'm not creative in my own way, but I think I joke with him that he's, uh, like, I hate arts and crafts, detest them with every fiber of my being. Right. So I'm like, Nate, you're the arts and crafts guy. Like you're the creative guy. And then I'm the. I'm the let's make it work. I'm going to be the person to think out the logistics and, um, you know, we'll kind of go at it that that way, um, which is helpful. Uh, And I think we just, we have a lot of shared interests and we have a similar sense of humor, which is really important. (laughs) Well, Um, and I, you, the logistics. And I think one of the things I most appreciate about you on the team too, is, you understand people on a very deep level. You know, you understand the system of our families, you understand the individual personalities. And and I've, all, you know, four years in, have been so grateful for the ways in which you've sort of helped us connect with and and cultivate uh, all the families that we have. And that's that's huge, being able to navigate that. And both as a, you know, father with three kids in the program, the way that you reach out to the families, the way you have that communication loop is is really helpful and really effective, especially now when so many churches are just hemorrhaging families. The fact that we have this kind of connected, thriving uh, program is is really a testament to both of you and, and how you've been working so hard and so well together. So anyway. Um, Thank good. you. I, I just, I guess I, having been a parent going through Belmont and living at the church and other things, it's you kind of just do, well, what would I want to know? How right. how would I like that information? You know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can see that family struggling. My family struggles. How can I help them? Like, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So well um, and that's that's a good segue too into the the owl uh program that we have now. And so for anybody who doesn't who knows very little about it, could you say a little bit about sure. what we do and and why, and and then we'll sort of dig into this moment and what comes next. So OWL stands for our whole lives. My children, for the longest time, thought I was teaching about birds. Literally, thought I was going to talk about birds <laughs> uh, on Sunday yeah. evening. 
And then when they found out that it was actually sex ed, they were horrified. I think they would have preferred if it had been birds. Um, being the being the child of an owl teacher brings its own special joy for the children. Yeah. Um, but I did. I just have to tell very funny. My um, my older daughter's at Tufts University, and she was talking to one of her sweet mates. Uh, and she finds that she says something to me about owl, and he's in the room, and he goes, "Hold on, owl." He's like, "You took owl." And she goes, my mom is the owl teacher. And he goes, no, no, I'm a UU. I took owl. He's like, wait, your mom was the owl teacher? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He was like, oh, my God, mom, it follows me even to college. But um, (laughs) yeah, so uh, owl stands for our whole lives. And Mm -hmm. uh, it is a curriculum that was designed by the UU and the United Church of Christ churches together. Uh, they hired a whole bunch of professional sexuality education educators, public health, social workers, all that kind of stuff to put together this comprehensive progressive sexuality education program. Um, they periodically update it. Uh, and um, it's basically used all around the country, probably even in Canada as well, uh, in both church settings and non-church settings. So, for instance, I had two kids who took it with me. Uh, and their mom works at Arlington Community Ed, and she loved it so much, she started it over at Arlington Community Education. So they offer a program, which I've taught sometimes as well, um, there just to the school kids of Arlington. Wow. Um, some churches will allow community members to join. Our church is one of those. Other churches just keep it within their church community. You see it at um, a lot of private schools, Quaker schools, some of the Montessori, things like that. Uh, and pieces of it get used all the time in all sorts of different programs and um, sexual assault prevention programs. I use lots of it when I do parenting programs or I do um, presentations at high schools around healthy relationships and things like that. So it's a really great curriculum. It The flagship is the eighth and well, grades seven through nine curriculum. We offer it for eighth graders and some ninth graders if they want to take it. There's a high school version. There's a middle school, like fifth, sixth grade version. There's a kindergarten version. There's a young adults version, an adults version, and an older adults version. So uh, that's why it's called lifespan curriculum, because the idea is that, you know, for your whole life, sexuality is part of your life. And sexuality isn't just the birds and the bees and, um, you know, sexual intercourse. Sexuality is this whole broad spectrum of um, ideas and values and beliefs and roles that affect us as people. So, you know, gender identity, sexual orientation, sexualization of people, um, like uh, how we use sex in advertising, how we see sex used uh, in pornography, uh, how people learn about sex, uh, you know, through social media. Sexuality does obviously include reproduction and, you know, anatomy and physiology and how we think about birth control or sexually transmitted infections. But then it also can get into, um, you know, gender roles and ideas about uh, relationships and what makes good relationships or unhealthy relationships. So mm-hmm. it's a very, very broad uh, idea about how this informs so much of our life. and. Yeah. Uh, mm. All the research has shown, particularly with young kids and teens, that 
having a comprehensive sexuality education, meaning looking at this whole broad story, has the most positive outcomes in um, people's sexual, you know, development, their journey, et cetera. Versus mm-hmm. if you have abstinence only programs that they don't tend to help people make the choices that um, let them have the the lives that they want. Yeah. Yeah. I've loved this program for a long time and I actually got to teach it um, a little while ago. And I think one of the real amazing things to me was uh, one of the classes kids got to practice asking each other out on dates. Oh, yeah. And then we reflected on, well, what actually worked in that and what made it easier? And we're just thinking back to, you know, it's like such a delicate moment. And, and you know, people getting to ask same gender folks out on a date, people get and then and the conversation that ended up happening was, oh, I remember this one young man in particular, he said, oh, so it's a lot easier if I'm asking somebody to a very specific event. And you could just see this light bulb go off and you could see almost four or five horribly awkward experiences that he just didn't have to have going forward. Mm, like mm. Stumbling through asking somebody to some sort of general who knows what kind of thing. You mm. know, and, and so I think the thing that's so magic about it is it's part of this um you know, embodied spirituality, the fact that all of our lives are part of this path, right? And so our sexuality and our relationships and all of it is woven in there and and we get it at such an early age, you know, which is my son, Ben, just went through it. And um, it's it's fascinating to see the ramifications and just all the things that are sort of working itself out. But so are we right now, which of the sections are we doing just those two, but then. Yeah. So right now we offer the eighth grade program and again, take some ninth graders. And then in March, we'll start the program for fifth and sixth graders. And then we have talked about um, doing a kindergarten curriculum, uh, kindergarten, first grade, Uh, that curriculum is still not published. I just received the PDF of it to see what the new updated version looks like. So I want to take a look at it and see um, see what it looks like and then kind of talk to our families and see, are they interested or are they not? What mm. would they be interested in if we did like an abbreviated version of it? Because, you know, some of these are like 10-week commitments and um, for some people that's a lot versus if you say, okay, we'll do a, a shorter one right now um, just to kind of get them introduced to the topic. That can be a nice way to ease them into it. And the, with the kindergarten curriculum, and it's been a long time since I did the training for it, uh, I, you know, it was really designed to be either something that parents could join in and do with their kids uh, or even do at home. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it really uh, kind of just depends on the enthusiasm of parents. For that, uh, we have all sorts of great books that we've added to our OWL library that talk about all these topics. There's all sorts of great videos now that people can um, use. So even if we don't end up doing the traditional offering, we can certainly have resources that parents can access, um, you know, kind of as they choose to, as they want to. And the real thing with kids at that age is getting them to start thinking about, uh, you know, safe touches and um, consent and and Mm. understanding 
how to um, properly uh, identify parts of their body so that, you know, mm-hmm. They, when they're talking about something, you know what they're talking about and they know what they're talking about. And you're, you know, you're both talking about the same body part, for example. Um, and you, you know, uh, starting to very casually explore the ideas of gender roles and things like that. But a lot of it is really about, um, just getting them to be comfortable with their body and recognizing their autonomy in their body and, um, and feeling comfortable about yeah. that because when you start to get to the fifth and sixth grade and you're seeing puberty happen, um, you know, and you're seeing them kind of shift away from the family more to the peers, that's when you start to really want kids to have in place a comfort level if possible um, and um, values to help them kind of navigate what's coming, right? Uh, because they're going to start getting a lot of information, much of it inaccurate. Um, they're going to start getting a lot of pressure from peers, uh, some of it good peer pressure and some of it not good peer pressure. And uh, and their body will be changing at the same time, not just hormonally, but neurologically. They found out that there's so much going on in brain development that's interacting with our hormones. So when you talk about puberty, you can't just say it's, it's the hormones anymore. It's also the brain development, mm. which is wow. significant up until they're tw- into their 20s, right? Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's helping to give them a foundation so that as they kind of start to have to navigate these much more, um, serious, uh, or life altering changes to their physical being, um, they have, you know, some of the tools to do that or they know where to go to get those tools. Like I spend a lot of time saying to them, I got this information from Planned Parenthood or I got this information from the Trevor Project or, you know, advocates uh, for sexual youth advocates for sexuality or, you know, whatever my resource is. So, because my feeling is kind of the content is great and I want them to get it and want them to ask me questions. Mm. But what I really want is for them to know how to get that accurate content going forward. So I'm, I, you know, we'll look for TikTok references. I'll look for Instagram right. um, references, yeah. um, that kind of stuff so that they can access it in a way that is um, useful. And we've had over the years, a lot more requests for information on mental health. So mm-hmm. we now talk about that, even though that's not in the official OWL curriculum, we'll spend some time talking about mental health issues, um, eating disorders, cutting, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, because you start to see it pop up when they get into um, middle school, particularly the seventh, eighth, and ninth years. Yeah. yeah, even now in elementary school, you know. Oh well, yeah. yeah. One of the things that I like most—we've started a couple times in um, in the parent orientation sessions. Sometimes I forget. Oh, it was in a little flyer called "Be an Askable Parent." I think. Yeah. yeah. It was talking about how you know, as parents, we're the primary sexuality educators, but that they're kind of all the time, or children, really everybody, but especially the children, all the time learning about intimacy, learning about connection, learning about relationships just by watching us. And by somebody was saying, um, not just the words that you say, but the music behind the words that you say. So if you're saying, you can tell me anything, you can ask me anything, but the music is 
I'm absolutely terrified of this conversation. Please do not say another word that, that, you know, that's part of what they're hearing. And um, I think especially many of our folks as you use, like really want to be progressive, really want to be an askable parent, really Mm -hmm, want mm -hmm. to have a kind of open relationship with their kids. And sometimes once kids might, you know, actually ask us questions, sometimes you can kind of clamp up and, um, so yeah, I think the parent education piece is, is super helpful as well. Um, and having a community of parents to kind of move through all of this with, um, I wonder, I like, yeah, go I ahead. I was just going to say, I like when you talk to people about being an askable parent, everyone dreads like the, where do babies come from or what, you know, I heard this on the bus. What does it mean? But really what you want to be doing is talking as much as you can about values. Right. And so, like, I always like to do it, like, by, you know, we're watching a TV show together, and wow, that relationship doesn't look very healthy to me. Right. And, you know, say, hey, wh- what do you think of that? Like, are, like that, that seems like that would hurt my feelings if that was me. What do you think of it? So, mm. you know, or a song comes on, and I'm like, oh, I really like this song, and I, I love that this young woman is singing about feeling strong, or, you know, whatever it is. So th- that's such an easy way to start the conversation without having to get into the nitty gritty, which is what seems to make people so nervous. And again, is so narrowly focused on like the sex or the reproduction Mm. or the STIs. Right. Right. And it's such a much broader conversation or, you know, or gender roles, right. Mm. Or, um, or sexual orientation or gender identity, just, you know, topics that don't necessarily to every parent feel so stressful. Right. Um, as the actual like reproduction biology piece, which which seems to to trip up a lot of parents, because honestly, you can buy books for those, right? Um, and you can say to your kid like, "Hey, why don't you know you had a question about it? Here's this great book. Why don't you read up on it, and then we can talk about it." And the book may be enough for them at that point, but for them to know that you are talking to them about, in our family, this is what we believe. In our family, we support this, and you know, um that's where I really like to get parents to start talking. And there's all mm. sorts of great tools to, to do all this stuff. Anyways, Planned Parenthood has an amazing um, resource where you literally can put in like my kid asked this question, what are some suggested answers? Wow. So um, that's fantastic. You know? Yeah. So there's all sorts of amazing resources out there. And I, yeah, I like to steer parents to them. We give them a very healthy um, resource spreadsheet <laughs> yeah like divided by topic so they have many many choices if they want to go down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. yeah it's it's super fascinating i'm so glad we do it and incredible that we're starting the adult owl this year too yes. right yes there is gonna be uh a four i believe it's four sessions i'm i've just been on the periphery of this because it's happening exactly when i'm doing the eighth and ninth grade but ran um, current Morgan will be leading it and ran worked at Planned Parenthood for a number of years. Uh, and I believe it is four Sundays, uh, starting in January. So I'm bummed that I won't get to sit in on it and see it in action. Um, but cause I'll be with my eighth and ninth graders. I already warned them it might be a little loud because if we're taking a break when they're taking a break, it could be a mixing of owls could be mm-hmm. interesting. But, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, 
it should be good. I'd l- I'll be excited to hear what comes out of it. So, I mean, they all, like I said, they also have Owl for Younger Adults, which I know they offer at the Arlington Street Church in Boston, you know, where they mm-hmm. tend to have younger population anyways. Yeah. Um, and then Owl just for middle-aged adults, I guess. Um, so, uh, so we'll see how it goes and what the reception is like. And if it's something, you know, to do a little bit, to do more, to kind of broaden and expand. So. Yeah. Well, oof, super fascinating. Yeah. Well, as we do with everybody, there's also some time if you have questions for either Samuel or myself. Hmm. About anything at all. Anything. Anything at all. Uh, No, Sam, I guess I'm wondering when you meet new families, how many of them have heard about OWL before coming to the church versus you're telling them about it for the first time? I tend to notice that um, people who have heard of OWL uh, are are specifically interested in coming to the church for OWL. So, you know, sometimes if I'm, you know, if, if we got our church booth out on town day or something, I'll get parents coming up to me and saying, do you guys do OWL? Or I heard about you guys do OWL, you know, can, how do we, how do we sign up kind of thing? So there are people who are informed about OWL. Um, but uh, I think the average sort of family just, just coming in to like, like because they're church shopping often don't know what OWL is. Yeah. Uh, or they yeah, have little, little kids. So they haven't thought that far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's that. Yeah. Well, we, a huge, huge gratitude to both you and, and what, what you were saying too before about the curriculum. I mean, people might not know, but you and, and, and also Rick Hawkins, yes. who's been a longtime collaborator with you on this. Yes. Uh, and I want to say Siobhan O'Neill, Clifford Bachman, yeah. um, Stefan Frank, they've all been teachers with me too for many years in the past, and they were really good at helping us up keep the curriculum, you know, kind of relevant and updated while we were waiting for the OWL powers that be to update it. Um, so, and I actually worked with a student at Tufts to kind of keep, make sure our language was still updated. And some of the, you know, there was one scenario where they said the World Wide web instead of like saying <laughs> online. And we were like, eh, let's change it. You know, and OWL, like, I think the OWL publishers and, the, you know, UUA and the UCC OWL coordinators have done their very good at, at updating as they can, but it's also a matter of resources and, right. you know, um, and they have a large lifespan curriculum that they're uh, keeping an eye on. So it's, it's, I imagine it sometimes feels like whack-a-mole. Okay. I fixed this one. Now let me go to that, you know, <laughs> I think it's left, but, right. mm-hmm. so, um, which is, you know, sort of makes sense. I mean, it's what mm-hmm. it's like because everything's yeah. changing so quickly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I will say if uh, people are interested in any of the resources we use, they can just send us an email at owl at uubelmont.org and I'm happy to send them. Yeah. Owl at uubelmont.org. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Happy to send them the resources and they can find out about the programs and the different topics we cover mm-hmm. uh, on the website. Ryan did a great job of updating all that. So, yeah. um, and we, you know, um, there's teacher trainings too, and there's all sorts of opportunities for people to, participate in yeah if people are interested in teaching or um, getting more involved they should certainly reach out to me the commitment to train to be trained for owl is like a whole weekend long like yeah. you know mm-hmm. sleep away kind of thing which 
some people like, <laughs> and other people are like, oh, that's a, that's a little too much for me. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I, I I had a pretty good time at it many years ago. Uh, I think great, I went to two of them. Yeah, and the first one I had little little kids. I was like, yes, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. The second one, um, I think I ended up driving back and forth at night just because wow. the kids were just a little bit older and they were more uh, attached at that point. So um, yeah. But some, yeah, some people really enjoy it. And and I mm-hmm. think there's even for a while, they were doing some online offerings. And I don't mm-hmm. know because of the pandemic, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look to see if they're continuing that. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for all of OWL, but then also for everything you're building and doing with Nate, for all of our families, you're really uh, an incredible gift to the whole community. So thank you. I enjoy back it a on. lot to dip a toe into youth mental health crisis in a little while. Oh yeah, yeah. we can definitely. This was a great That'll beginning. Be a, that's a, great, a, a big yeah. topic too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. Thanks for coming on. Okay. As Thanks, always, Wendy. You're thank welcome. you, Samuel. Uh, yeah. Wonderful to see you all. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, be on the lookout. More episodes coming soon. I think we have a couple more this season and then we'll take a tiny break and then we'll come to you back in the spring. But uh, yeah. Thanks so much and wonderful to have you, Wendy. And thanks as always, Samuel. Mm